Blog Talk Radio. Good evening and welcome to Obsidian Radio. I'm your host, Amelia Pizzano. Uh, it's still, no, it's November. So usually I have Dr. Kennedy on the other side. Now he's tuned in, but he's not here to make, you know, all my mistakes look good. So <laughs> just me tonight. Um, hope you had a great weekend. It's been an eventful one for myself. If you've seen my timeline, you'll know that I spent Saturday afternoon and evening with the incredible, amazing Michelle de Rocher from Canada's Most Haunted. And you know her from Haunted Case Files, Paranormal Survivor. I might, gosh, the list is long. My ghost story, um, it, I'm going to, I'm going to miss one. There's got to be, there's so many that Michelle's in and she is the queen of the paranormal here in Canada. She was a joy. She's just as kind and um, loving and and warm as you see her on television helping others. She is exactly that in person. I got to bring three of my friends who were thrilled. And I also met Wayne Mallows. And part of my gift was his book, Whitechapel Road, A Vampire Tale. It is, it's obviously by Whitechapel Road, you know that he means Jack the Ripper. Um, but it's vampire tale. Like I'm, I can't wait to to uh, dig deep into that one and then tell Jeff Mudgett about that one. I think he'll uh, he'll love it. Um, also, I met the producer of Paranormal Profilers. You can see that on YouTube, and I believe our episode that we filmed while at Niagara on the Lake will be on there shortly. Uh, Peter Sacco, and you can find. Michelle de Rocher, Wayne Mallows, M-A-L-L-O-W-S, and Peter Sacco, S-A-C-C-O, on Facebook. And uh, Peter also has a website with a bunch of books. Now, Peter is producing Paranormal Profiles and produces another show. He will be on Talk is Cheap with me in the near future, and we're going to be talking about criminal profiling. Um, And then we're going to go into child molesters and pedophiles and all that great work that I get into. So look for that on Amelia Pisano Productions. And tonight, I have the smoothest voice in radio on tonight, ladies. So um, pull up a chair and just relax, get a blanket. Because the first time I heard his voice, I thought, oh, my, my, like, who is this? And then to boot, paranormal, former police officer, I mean, Navy Master of Arms, like, come on, you can't get better than this. So without further ado, I'm going to welcome my guest from Paranormal Analytical, Eddie Hill. Hi, how are you? Hello, how are you doing? Hi, see what I mean about that voice? Welcome, this is uh, (laughs) Eddie Love, and you're going to be spending some paranormal hours with us tonight. (laughs) Oh my gosh, what a night. I've been looking forward to this since the first time I saw you on Facebook Live. And you were recently in Toronto, my city. That's right. We, we were in Toronto. To we were what you were doing. I mean, you did do a live feed. Yes, and uh we, we were in Toronto. We were uh helping film for a show over there called uh Paranormal Nine One One. And uh I was really ah, glad to yes. be a part of that, you know, and uh we had also uh Patrick Newcomb, one of our uh, paramedics for uh Paranormal Analytical, he was with me as well. 
and uh, we had a great time. I mean, Toronto is just such a wonderful city. Uh, the weather was great. You, you, you have to remember, we're coming from 100-degree weather here in Texas and going into no, Toronto. It was, it was cold. Oh, it was cold good. when you came. Yeah. Yeah. You came during a cold um, break, and you weren't there long enough, really. I mean, you didn't see the CN Tower, right? No. You didn't go to Ontario Place. You didn't see all the tourist areas, and you didn't go to, the, like, the best pizza in Toronto, and I'll tell you where that is. No, we, um, but, but we did go over so there and have some good met. food. We did have some good food over there near this uh, train area. Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. I'm Are sorry. Are you still there? Yeah, I'm here. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Well, like silence freaks you out on radio, right? Um, yeah, by the train area. You were by Union Station? Right, exactly. Okay. <laughs> okay. You know where I was at. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I Well, I used to work downtown Toronto at Queen and Bay, which is across from the old city hall building, old, old city hall building, but also the massive Eaton shopping center, Eaton center, massive. And then on the other side, you have Dundas Square, which is crazy with people. And it's lit up like not, it's not New York, but that's the look they're going for, right? I've been to Times Square, I've stayed there. It's, it doesn't, it doesn't look like that, but it's similar in the way that it's busy and it's lit. Yeah, it's a, it's a, bustling city it really is um i hope you get to see it during a warmer time of year if you come july august you'd be looking at the same temperatures you get every day well so, I, I was really enjoying the cooler yeah. temperatures while i was down there we i mean it was uh it was perfect if every day could be like that here in texas we would be set <sighs> oh i love to see texas i love everything about it well, Texas is beautiful. Yeah, it's I, really nice. But, you know, and the one thing we say about the weather, if you don't like the weather here in Texas, give it a minute. It'll change. Oh, you're kidding. No, no. Yeah. It, that's the way it works. Pretty much like that here, too, though. After a day, one day it's really hot and one day it's really cold. That's spring and fall here. There, there's no, There's no steady. There's no consistency. Okay, when uh, where I don't even know where I'm going to start with you, but I want to start with you as a child. Tell us about growing up. Let's go between, um, you know, your your earlier years in school. Oh, so you'd like what to know like more about you? my you, childhood? You, sorry. Allow me to pull up a yes, seat and I'll lay back and <laughs> tell you all about it. Okay, no, seriously. Um, actually, you know, my childhood yeah. is the reason why I'm into the paranormal now. And uh, uh, back when I was very, very little, and and I'm talking, you know, probably around, uh, I'd say about four, maybe five years old. Uh, my dad was uh, stationed in uh, Korea, and also he went to Vietnam and that kind of a thing. Yeah. So uh, while he was out serving the country, I mean, I, my mom and I, we ended up staying with my grandmother, which is down in Laredo, Texas. And uh, she had an older house there, and I didn't know it at the time, but my grandmother was uh, considered like a curandera, one of these people who does the healing and, and, you know, that kind of a thing of people. You know, people would come over, she would help to heal and, and that kind of, a, you know, with, with, yeah. uh, with her abilities. Well, I think some of those abilities actually rubbed off on me a little bit because I remember one time I was sitting in the dining area of her of her house, and there is a... Like a, she had a washroom where you uh, 
open up a door. It had a window on it. You'd open up a door. You'd walk down two steps. The floor was made out of dirt uh, in that little bitty room. It was like a little add-on. It was like a washroom. And, of course, you had one of them big, huge sinks and one of those big uh, washboards, you know, that you'd scrub your clothes on and wash it in the sink and that kind of a thing. (laughs) You know, very old-fashioned. And uh, while I was sitting there in the chair, I was looking up in the window, and I saw this face of a baby show up in this window which is like a 12 by 12 window like 12 inch by 12 inch window and uh this baby i I saw the face of it and it was looking right at me and it was laughing it's like somebody was tickling it or playing with it and it was they were holding it up maybe the holding the child up from the bottom you know and, and pushing it up toward the window and i jumped in the conversation when the adults were talking and tried to explain to him what i just saw and of course you know, at the time I got scolded because I was, you know, interrupting the adults and I shouldn't be doing that and all that kind of good stuff. So I got in trouble over it, but that was okay. I I kept watching that window. And uh, a little bit later, I saw it again. And I didn't say anything. I just watched that, that little baby on the other side of that window. And then it did it again. And this time I jumped up, ran for the door, opened it up, and there was nothing. Turned on the light over there, walked around. Everybody's looking at me like I'd lost my mind. Like, what are you doing? And I was like, you know, I'm telling you, there Mm -hmm. was a baby in this window. And my grandmother had kind of a concerned look on on her face. And uh, she said, well, what was it doing? And I was like, well, I was like, it was laughing. But it was like somebody was holding up the baby. And uh, she told me she she told me that she'd seen that before. So, uh, you know, I I didn't know anything about the paranormal or, or ghosts or anything like that at the time but i knew that this was just really weird yeah that this wasn't this wasn't a conversation you had in your home about this so it kind of struck i mean a baby of all things that yeah was baby too right? right how and old were you when you saw that probably about five i want to say i was about five but you know that was just the beginning that yeah. was the beginning of all this i mean it, it was like um that's how it started so then i started uh getting uh mixed up into these dark shadows and these oh. shadow people <laughs> you know as we know them now that was subtle babies babies to shadows That's ba- babies to shadow people you know and i would be asleep in the or trying to go to sleep i'd just get in the room turn off the lights crawl in bed and i'd lay there and i would look at the 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 door and these shadow figures would come in normally it was just one and it would stand at the feet of my bed and it would feel like I'd sit up out of myself. And all of a oh. sudden it would leave almost like it left with, you know, me sitting up out of myself, which was really weird. And uh, this happened for many, probably I want to say five, six nights in a row. You know, it was quite a few times. And I finally got tired of all this and I jumped up out of bed the last time and charged straight for it. And it went out the room real quick, and I went out the room real quick, and I'm walking around through my grandmother's house, and it's dark, and I'm looking for this thing, because I now I'm I was at the point to where I was actually mad, and I wanted to find out what it was, and I was still a little kid, but I would remember walking around mad that this thing was doing this, and I was like, I'm going to put a stop to this once and for all, and uh, I happened to walk into my grandmother's uh, bedroom, and she was uh, sitting there combing her hair. And she had this really long gray hair. And I remember she was brushing it. And I went up to her and I said, uh, and I called her Mima. I was like, Mima, I was like, did you happen to see this thing that was really dark? It went from the room and I went after it and I can't find it, but it's in the house. 
And uh, she looked at me almost like she knew what I was talking about. And uh, she told me not to worry. She would take care of it and for me to go back to bed. So I did. I went ahead and went back to bed. And I never saw that thing again for a very long time. I'm talking years until I was about 13. And, and then I saw it one more time. Uh, but, I mean, this this is how, you know, I was picking up on all this stuff. It was really strange. Wow. That's crazy. So you were, in essence, you had a gift because you were being able to pick up on things. Uh, did anyone else in your family have this besides your grandmother? No, just uh, I, I'm the only child. So uh, there's no way, you know, I could tell, you know, I would know if anybody else would have picked up on anything like that. But, you know, it was just. No, so, I mean, like your parents or your cousins or anyone. If they did pick up on any of this, they never told me. So I, I, yes, I would have say. to say no yeah. at this time. Funny how you find out things later in life mm -hmm. with, with stuff like that, with gifts and family. I started really young as well. Um, that's why I was so curious to see. Now, after this experience, is that where you were? Did you, when did you start thinking, well, I really have to seek this out. I have to understand this and well, why it's happening. You know, all through school, you know, I did so many research papers and it was always involving the paranormal in some fashion, whether it was, uh, mm -hmm. a paper on Bigfoot, whether it was a paper on, uh, cryptozoology, whether it was a paper on hauntings or different types of, uh, Halloween folklore or, or folklore within different communities and different, uh, uh, type, uh, uh, you know, ethnic backgrounds and that kind of a thing. And, and I would do all this research on this and it, and it was just fascinating to me. And I started thinking to myself, you know, with so much of this out there, there's got to be some truth to it. And I mean, and I know I had my own experiences, but what if it was just me being a kid and imagining this stuff and it wasn't real, but at the same time, all these other people start, you know, talking about their stories and you start researching deeper and deeper and deeper. And I finally became a police officer. And during the time of my, uh, you know, being a police officer, I kept an interest in all this. Now, you have to understand being a being a police officer. You, this isn't something you just go tell all your buddies. You know, hey, you know, that, you know, I see ghosts or <laughs> I've, you know, dealt with this. You know, yeah, this really. in the past. So I didn't know how they were going to take it because I thought, okay, I'm I'm going to get probably laughed out of the room, shunned upon, or people are going to think I'm just really weird. You know. Now, granted, you know, to become a cop, you got to take a psych test, and I took it, and I was perfectly sane, other than wanting to be a cop. But you know, um, it was a. Uh, it was very strange because I, I started letting little bits of it out here and there throughout the department. I started seeing that these people didn't think I was crazy, that a lot of these different police officers, paramedics, firefighters, you know, they've all had their own experiences, you know, and they'd start talking oh. more and more about to me. And I, and I thought, you know, this is really cool. Now, now I don't feel like I'm the oddball in the group, you know, and, uh, so as we spoke more and more about it, you know, I got deeper and deeper into the investigation part of it. And at one point in time, I did set a team together of nothing but first responders. And we actually went out investigating the paranormal. So we had police officers, firefighters, paramedics, you know, and, and we'd all get together and we made this team and we'd look for the paranormal. We'd investigate the paranormal. And we started doing this well before, uh, you know, uh, these different uh, ghost hunting shows came out on TV. 
And uh, we were actually using boom boxes, you know, those big boom boxes, you know, you crank up, yeah. and, you know, you carried on your shoulder back in the day with the cassette <laughs> yeah. tape. We started using those to actually take out and do recordings. Now, we didn't know that at the time oh, that these kidding. things... No, we didn't know at the time that these things were going to be called EVPs, but we were putting them out in cemeteries and different places that we thought looked kind of creepy. Or uh, if somebody called and told us that, you know, they're having issues in their house and we started using these things and, and hitting record on it and just letting it play and then taking the tape out, flipping it, putting it back and then, you know, recording again with with some pretty interesting results. And, uh, you know, we, we thought that was pretty neat. And then when the shows finally came out, you know, on ghost hunting. And we started seeing that people were using these uh, uh, different types of uh, voice recorders and things of that nature for, uh, you know, to, to help gather evidence. We thought, wow, we were really on the right track. But, you know, of course, you know, they were using the little handhelds and we had the humongous boom box, you know, so, uh, you know, that <laughs> you was... You came in with 20 pounds of speakers. Yeah. yeah. And, and about 40 pounds of batteries, you know, those things, you know, they, they didn't... Oh. They loved batteries. And uh, so, I mean, we had yeah. we had a lot of uh, interesting uh, uh, evidence that we picked up with it and, and different things of that nature. So, I mean, this was something that I just kind of kept going on and on and on. And then I switched over into UFOs for a while and started investigating those quite a bit. And then cryptids. I was investigating cryptids and then back and forth and just through the whole field. Now I kind of throw everything together. And uh, now we, we do yeah. a little bit of, it, of everything, you know, including... Uh, uh, we're doing one, uh, which is, uh, uh, looking for these, uh, werewolf like creatures as well too, you know, which, uh, people have reported cool. seeing kind of like Bigfoots, but you know, they're not, a, they're not reported as much. So, I mean, we do a lot of different things and, uh, it's, it's the fascination has never left me. I still feel like I need to be out there in the field doing it. Uh, we do the radio show now. And we talk to a lot of different people. So it's really cool that now I'm the guest for a change and I'm not the host of the show. So <laughs> now, now I can talk it's a lot. It's different, isn't it? <laughs> it is. It's, it's, it's really a lot I gotta different. I got to tell you, hosts love having other hosts as guests. It's very different, but it's really cool because there's an ease because you know how it goes, right? I want to just rewind a little bit and take you back to you were saying about the EVPs. I want to know what your reaction was like and what your first EVP was. Oh, my like the first, first one. There's no way you can forget. I'll, that. I will never forget that first EVP. Now, um, I was actually, uh, we, we took that boom box with us and it was, uh, myself and, uh, two of my buddies that were in the Marine Corps. And, uh, <laughs> one of them, uh, they took their girlfriend who was a nurse and, uh, she went with us and we set this, uh, boombox out on this really just spooky super old just cratered in grave that was like from the early 1800s maybe somewhere around there and uh we sat it there and we're like all right let's just sit there and we'll leave and there was a lot of reports even from the sheriff's department around there of children being seen out in the street uh, they'd show up the children were gone there was a man with a top hat that was seen within the cemetery sheriff's department tried to close in on him he would disappear so i mean this this cemetery was full of these stories and uh <clears throat> so we set the the boom box in there recorded one side after 30 minutes we ran over there flipped the tape hit record left again 30 minutes later came back and picked it up and uh so we took it back over to the house and we were listening to it and the very first EVP we had was close to the end of the tape, unfortunately, because I think there would have been so much more. But and, and 
that's why digital kind of rocks because you don't run out of room like that. But, uh, you know, no, we, you've got hours. You know we, we were sitting there playing it and all of a sudden we picked up this boom, 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 boom. And it sounded like a heartbeat. And I like, and we, and, and I cracked a joke. I said, Hey, we got Edgar Allan Poe's, you know, telltale heart here, you know, and, uh, you hear this thing and boom, 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 boom. And, and, uh, my buddy's girlfriend, who's a nurse, she said, that's exactly what, the way a heart sounds, you know, when we're, you know, listening, you know, with our, uh, thesoscopes and things of that nature. And so we're listening to this mm-hmm. thing. It's getting louder and louder. Boom, 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 boom. Bump, bump, and getting faster and faster and then at the very end you hear this like almost like a growl or a scream or something and i was and right at that point the tape ended and just left us with chills and i thought seriously i was like Uh-oh. the tape ended right in the <laughs> best part and uh we only got to hear uh, the beginning that of that that was a tease to keep you going. It was a tease. I mean, seriously, I was yeah. I, I was sitting there pounding on the floor. I was so mad because I couldn't believe the darn tape ran out. I mean, <laughs> right on the best part of it, too. Yeah. Oh, wow. That is such a great experience to have your first time out there. I love the boombox thing because um, we just gave our age away saying that. Yeah, I know. <laughs> so We're old. Up to six, six, double, six D batteries. Yeah. I mean, those were the days before Costco. Like, <laughs> yeah, and we'd look at all I the can't different. Imagine. And we'd look at all the different metal tapes, you know, which gave us the best recording, you know, and uh, oh, you know, yeah. then you had the Dolby little buttons and stuff that you placed on it as well too. But yeah. you know, what I found out, you know, yes. uh, you know, through all my experience and through all the different investigations I'm into, I've been, you know, you know, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of investigations. You know, the one thing I found out is still tape recorders work great and i don't know if it's because of the magnetic strips that are in them and the use of uh electromagnetic fields which we feel of course most of us who uh who are into the paranormal feel that this is one way to manipulate sound you know what does the tape recorder have they've got the magnets in it which help to create the sound of your voice coming from the speaker itself onto the metal tape well at the same time i mean it it goes without saying that if that's the case and these spirits use uh, electromagnetic fields or EMF in order to help communicate that a tape recorder would probably be your best bet if you're trying to collect an EVP. Although I have to say I've collected, mm-hmm. you know, hundreds of EVPs on regular digital recorders as well, but it just seemed to work better and be clear on a tape. I don't know why, but it, it just, you know, one of the I- things that I found out. No, go ahead. Oh, no, go ahead. Okay. So, um, this is, like I said, this was way back when. And so, I mean, we continued with the paranormal and we continued investigations. Now, there's uh, one incident which I'm going to save for the very last, which took place. And it was something that was so far out that... If I didn't have the amount of people with me to see it the way I saw it, I wouldn't even believe that it happened, nor would I even be telling you this story. But it, it was, it's an incredible mm-hmm. story, and, and don't let me forget to tell you, because I guarantee you, your audience are going to love this one. Okay, can't wait. Um, now, between, when did you, when did you get, I see, 
the Navy Master of Arms. Yeah, did I was you, United States did Navy Master. Did you start Mas- that before police? No, no. I was United States Navy Master at Arms, but I was in the reserves for eight years. And uh, so while I was in yeah. the police department, I was also uh, in the reserves with the uh, U.S. Navy, and uh, which I was a master at arms, which is military police. And uh, so I did that at the same wow. time as well. So it was basically to get out and do something a little bit different and, you know, stretch my legs out a little bit and just explore different possibilities. You know, after being so many years in the police department, you kind of uh, get bored with the same thing over and over and you kind of want to, you know, do something a little bit different. In order to, you know, expand mm-hmm. your mind, open up, you know, your yourself to, to different experiences. And that's why I did that. And uh, not only that, but because my dad was also military, you know, I wanted to kind of go into the military as well and say, hey, dad, you know, me and you, you know, one of those type things. Oh, that is beautiful. I love that when you when you hear about father and son, that connection, um, you know, I, it's just. Wow. When I was reading that, I thought to myself, wow, he just really loves to grow. You just love to grow in all of your experiences. And that shows that, you know, because you're learning different ways of investigation, investigating different things. And that all comes into play with your work in the paranormal. Now, I'm going to throw a couple things at you. I We haven't discussed anything. Um, I'm just going to say something and you tell me your thoughts and opinion. Okay. Okay. Real that. or fake and any experiences. Chupacabra. Um, actually investigated Chupacabras and uh, here in Texas, uh, we have learned that uh, there is a type of dog that's out here. Uh, actually, uh, Ken Gerhardt, who's a good friend of mine and he's, he was on a uh, monster hunters. Uh, he did a lot of research mm-hmm. into the chupacabras, and it's not the same chupacabra that you hear that's uh, outside of the United States. These are actually kind of they're they're a kind of dog which they we we've all nicknamed them now blue dogs because they're they've got kind of a bluish hue to them, but they're hairless. They almost look like a coyote with a uh, that that has mange basically. But uh, there's little subtle okay. differences, and there's differences within their DNA as well. So uh, he was able to prove that. And so the the whole chupacabra thing of Texas has been kind of uh, uh, found out. It's it's an actual animal, and, and it lives out there. And it's, uh, you know, I, f- I feel sorry for it because there's no hair on this poor animal. So, uh, but it's, you know, it, it's you see them out there. You really do. And, and I've actually seen some out in the middle of nowhere, you know, walking around and you look at them through uh, binoculars and you can tell that they're not coyotes, but they, they kind of resemble them in a way just because, you know, they look like a mangy coyote, but they're really not. They're something totally different. Wow. Okay. I, I interviewed him not long ago, actually. He's very interesting and so, so kind. Yeah. He's, he lives here in so San Antonio as well, too. information too. that he gives. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He lives here in I'm, San Antonio. I'm sorry. And, uh, Ken, Ken Gerhardt lives here in San Antonio, and I've known him for years and years and years and years. Yeah. Great guy. Nice guy. Okay, since we brought up Ken, uh, we call him Sasquatch. You call him Bigfoot. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've actually looked into the, okay. some of the eastern Texas Bigfoot sightings as well, uh, up in the Beaumont area and things of that nature. I've never seen one. I've never... I've, I've never actually seen a footprint of a Bigfoot or a Sasquatch. Um, I have to say that with all 
the mythology that's out there, all the stories that are being told, all the different uh, encounters, not only that people have had, but as as also when we're talking uh, uh, your uh, American Indians that that you know have had sightings of these creatures. I, I feel that the, that they that they are here, you know, that these things do exist, and it's just a matter of time before we actually get our hands on one. Now, you've got certain people out there, you know, faking evidence and that kind of a thing, and those people honestly have no business being in the paranormal, nor do I want to have anything to do with people like that, that, you know, have no ethics whatsoever. You know, but you have, yeah. to, you have to have ethics when you're dealing with this kind of a thing, and if you found nothing, say you found nothing. That's a lot better than saying you found something and... And there's really nothing there. So ethics is a big thing yeah. for me. Ethics and integrity. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I agree with you. Yeah. It's ruining it. Um, and I'm going to be quoting Andrew Perrin, my sweet, sweet friend and partner. It, it's ruining it for the rest of us. It's Absolutely. making us look bad. And, and I think as, yeah. as paranormal investigators, all of us who are involved should shun these people, you know, and basically push them out of the field because they have no business being in the field uh if they're not in into the in this field to to better it and to actually find the evidence that we need to prove it or disprove it either way you know then stay out of it you know they have no business being involved no and the way you can do that really is just by not watching the show um you can if you gear your attention to shows that have paranormal groups now i've only done one investigation my entire life because that's not the field i work i work with missing children and cold cases um but that was my first one on saturday and it it was quite an eye-opener i didn't realize how much work it really was because what you see on tv is what i like to call the hollywood spin andrea would call it the holly weird spin um it's a different thing i find that if you find someone a group that you know has full integrity and like eddie says their ethics are like right there and it's important to them to prove and to assist rather than ratings and money you'll find that you're going to learn so much more and that yeah this is real so try doing that just change the channel rather than feeding it yeah, and absolutely. Stop posting them, please. Like, stop posting them. That's just continuing everything. The the minute you shut it down, there won't be anybody there to watch, and it and it'll stop happening because it's happening a lot on the bigger shows. We're hearing that, and these groups start out wanting to do their best, and then I call it the Hollywood sort of spin comes in, and you lose. What happens when you're on television is you lose all kinds of rights to creative rights and and the production and everything. So try to, I find that a lot of shows on YouTube are are fantastic. I love your YouTube channel. You know, you have a lot of, tell people how they can find you on YouTube before I forget. Well, uh, our YouTube channel is, uh, if you look for Altered Vision Studios, uh, that's going to be the best way to get a hold of our, anything that we might put out on YouTube. But a majority of our stuff is put out on Facebook. And you can look for Paranormal Analytical yeah. on Facebook. And that's where you're going to get a majority of our stuff. And, and not only that, but you'll see that we have a lot of other pet projects that are going on as well uh, where we're dealing with, uh, like, like I said before, where we're looking into the different aspects of these uh uh, werewolf sightings where we're also doing horror movies and uh, some sci-fi stuff as well too and uh, 
so I mean, we we kind of jump into all the different areas. Now, the the difference between us and anybody else putting together a sci-fi show is the fact that like we have one that's going to be coming out that we're working on called Anunnaki, and uh, I think a lot of you may yeah. know what Anunnaki <laughs> is or who the Anunnaki were, and uh, we deal the although the show the content part of it, you know, as far as the actual show itself, that's that is sci-fi, that is science fiction. Now. We are basing a lot of what goes on on the old writings of uh, Zachariah Sitchin. Uh, and, uh, you know, we're, we're looking at, you know, the translations of the ancient Sumerians and what they wrote about. And we're kind of in, in integrating everything into this science fiction show. So although it is a science fiction show, it's also got that what if factor. If, if this was found and... Uh, we now have the Holy Grail, which shows the DNA that mankind was created by ancient aliens at one point in time. What would happen? And that's kind of the questions that we open up in this series that we're working on. And uh, it, it it's a it's an extremely exciting series. There's a lot of uh, action in it. There's a lot of uh, uh, suspense, gunplay, drama, you name it. And, and it's all going together. And we're going to be taking that show along with a lot of others that we're going to be uh, working on and that we have been working on to uh, Miami over to NAPTI in January. So we're going to be pushing a lot of these shows to uh, television as well. So we have a lot of work to do still. We, we're working hard on it weekly. And uh, I think that once we get everything together, we're going to actually show up with some really good content and uh, possibly get some of these shows picked up to where pretty soon you could sit at home and watch some of these creations that we've done on your television set. How cool is that? Okay, I'm going to throw another one at you. Mothman. Mothman. I think Mothman is <laughs> a fascinating story. I think uh, as far as whether it truly exists or not, I think there is something to it. I don't necessarily think it's this creature that looks like a moth. I think it's uh, could be something that possibly is extraterrestrial or uh, something to that effect. Mm -hmm. But I, I do believe there's something there. There's been enough sightings, you know, throughout history to, to, to say that something is going on. Now, what it looks like, and I know that, you know, uh, that one town has that statue of the Mothman in the middle of town, which is really neat and all, but I don't yeah. think they're giving it full credit. I think if we were able to find out what exactly this thing was, uh, I think it would, we're, we're, we're not really give we're, we're doing it pretty much an injustice by showing it off as a Mothman when I think it's really something so much more. But, uh, you know, like I said, once again, we're dealing with the lack of evidence and, uh, scientific in order to get these things, uh, cataloged or to create this, uh, the reality that these things actually exist in science, we have to be able to not only gather that evidence, but recreate what we've done in order to grab that evidence and to do it over and over and over again under, uh, con under, uh, controlled conditions. So that's the problem that we're having because the paranormal is paranormal and in order to gather this evidence mm -hmm. we're still diving into different ways of doing things there's still nobody has a set way of saying okay this works 100 percent of the time every time and i think we're getting closer and closer to that 
you know, no matter what it is we're investigating. And sooner or later, we're going to, you know, we'll stumble upon the right uh, set of tools and instruments that we need in order to actually recreate these over and over. And, and science will actually be able to look up and take notice and say, you know what, you guys did a great job. Okay, now we can prove it. Boom, there it is. It's on the books. But it's something that we all need to continue striving to do. It's something that we all need to continuously share information because sharing information, whether, you know, we're sharing it with you or you're sharing it with us, this is, this is how you brainstorm. This is how you create new and improved ways of doing what you do in order to uh, get to the bottom of a, of a question that you, that you have. It all comes back to paranormal unity, which there's lacking a lot of. Very much so. Um, in this field. Yeah, there's a lot of ego and uh, one-uppers, and you have to sort of just filter through that and work with the right people. I think it's so important. You know, I, even sharing other people's radio shows is like sharing their information as well with everybody on Facebook. I think that's important. There, there shouldn't be any any ego in this because we're all in it for the same thing. Most of us, anyways, are in it to help and to understand. Because often when you're not doing these paranormal investigations to see if it's haunted, you're helping a family who has an issue that maybe has small children that are frightened. So we have to remember that when we're working. Um, I'm going to bring in the big guns here because this is something that I'm just learning about. Now, I had the honor and pleasure of interviewing Chase Kelsey a few times and I learned so much from her and before her, I can tell you, I almost thought, Neh. you know, like you want to believe it, even though my the Canadian government came forward and said, yes, this is real. You kind of want to believe it. Tell me about UFO cops and UFOs. I want to know if you've seen any, if you've had any experience. I want to know everything. Oh, as far as UFOs go. Oh, my God. Yeah, we've we've had our encounters. We've seen them. Uh especially up in West Texas area. And one of the things that we like to do is we like to travel over to the Big Bend National Park area uh, in the area also known as uh, the Terlingua Ghost Town. And uh, it's considered the darkest place. It is absolutely the darkest place. And, and this, it's been, you know, actually, uh, how would I say, um, documented you know, on the books as the darkest place within the continental United States. And uh, they have also Edwards Observatory, which is not too far from there. And when you go to big to the Big Bend area or Terlingua, you could be out there. I mean, you are literally probably, I want to say at least three to four hours away from any type of civilization, depending on where you're at. And it is so dark that when you lay back and you look up at the sky, you can see every star cluster around on a clear night. It's incredible. It's the most amazing experience. Wow. And we've taken cameras out there and, and infrared cameras and, and everything, and we've set them up on tripods. And we've actually taken pictures and video of these things that are moving around at incredibly high rates of speed and they're turning and twisting and moving. These are not satellites just going from point A to point B. I mean, we see the satellites while we're out there. This isn't the, uh, the uh, uh, what do you call it, the big, uh, oh, that station that they got up there, the, I just spaced it. Anyway, the that 
orbiting station that goes across. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking yeah. about. I'd help yeah. you. Yeah, um, you know, it's where you know the the International Space Station. I mean, you see that going over. You know, you can tell what that is. You know, but when you see these other objects that are flying around, and they're going, at, I mean, they're traveling seriously at incredible speeds that just, you know, it. There's no way that. You know, it could be anything other than what we would consider a UFO because technically it is unidentified. Now, I'm not saying that it's alien. I'm not saying that it's uh, ours. It could be one or the other or a combination of both. We just don't know. But we do know that with all the back engineering and things that have taken place, we do have things out there that are probably 30, 40 years ahead of what we know is out there ourselves. Uh, you know, yeah. and you got to remember when they brought the stealth bomber and the stealth fighter to light and said, oh, well, we got these, you know, that's that's fine and dandy. They, they exposed them. But if they're exposing those, what else do we have? You know, and, exactly. You know, they're not going to expose <laughs> everything. Question. Yeah, they're not going to expose everything. You know, me being in the military, I know that. And I know the type of clearances you need even just to see a, a, a prop from a submarine. Some of these props on these submarines are so top secret. You are Not even the clearances that I had as a military police within the Navy would allow me to even see these props. They were covered up so that we couldn't see what they looked like. Because they were designed a certain way to, to, to make the least amount of noise and what have you. So they don't want this stuff getting out. They don't want accidental satellite photos getting out of these things. So, I mean, they're very top secret. So you got to understand that the things that we see is not all we have. That's just the tip of the iceberg. So um, could it be some of ours? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, could it be alien? Absolutely. Uh, could it be maybe a combination of both back engineered? Absolutely. So, I mean, there, there's a lot of questions that you can't really answer right off the bat. But I can tell you that I've seen things that defy what I know we have at this point in time. Doesn't And, and although it defies what I've seen and what I know we have, it doesn't necessarily knock it out of the ballpark saying that it's got to be something else because there's so much more that, you know, us as the public are unaware of that the military does have and, and, and are meddling with and have control over. So, uh, yeah, I mean, we, we've seen them out there. We've seen the, all the different triangles. We've seen the different saucer-shaped things, different types of orbs. We saw one orb one time that lit up. We thought it was a Border Patrol helicopter. It came, it, it was cruising kind of close to us only we didn't see uh we didn't hear any of the prop wash or anything like oh. that which we should have and then all of a sudden the light went out and then we could see the shadow of this thing above us you know at a great height and then when we all noticed it the light came on and this thing took off up i mean straight into outer space like it was uh like nothing and made no noise doing it um, the first thing that that's we did what you was hear commonly no sound. Sorry to interrupt you. No sound. That's all you ever hear with the experiences. I didn't hear it. I saw it. Yeah, you know, you don't hear them. You know, they're they're and and when no. you're talking about possibly something that's anti gravity, it's you're not going to have a sound. And if you do, at the very most, all you're going to hear is maybe a hum. And uh, this thing, I mm -hmm. mean, it shot off so fast it was up out of sight and gone into the heavens quicker than we could even blink an eye. The next thing we did, of course, was check our watches to make sure we didn't have any uh, loss of time or, or we weren't aching or hurting from any uh, explicit places. You know, we wanted to make sure we were all okay as far as that went. But uh, 
you know, it, it's just crazy things like that that you run into when you're dealing with uh, UFOs and, and you're and you're ser- searching for them. But we did we have found that a lot of the different uh, aspects of trying to gather UFO information or bring UFOs closer to you when you're watching them, uh, it's it's more of how you think if you concentrate and you want them to show up you tell them where you're at and and if you and if you'd like i mean you can look at a lot of these different techniques uh as far as how to bring these uh crafts in by uh looking up dr stephen greer and dr stephen greer has a lot of different uh Mm -hmm. case files on how he does it and what he does and he actually takes uh people up into the mountains up in colorado and they have these uh different uh uh sessions where they meditate and they do these things and these ufos do appear and people are able to gather photos and that kind of a thing so i mean it's it's a it's a really mm-hmm. interesting uh, experience and it's it's a real interesting uh, topic and a lot of fun if you want to get out with your friends and just kind of sit around a campfire and and think about these things coming to you and then cutting the campfire out and then just staring up at the stars use some infrared type uh, cameras as if you will uh to help to to notice some of these things and you'll start seeing these things coming around it, it's pretty incredible Wow. Okay. You brought up Dr. Stephen Greer, and he has the most incredible doc ever out there right now, unacknowledged. Mm-hmm. I'm sure you've seen it. Absolutely. Obviously. Wasn't it fascinating? I, I can't, I'm watching it and everything between conspiracy theories and how everything works. And, you know, I just thought I had to watch it a few times. The first time I had seen it, I kept watching it every few days because I feel like if you're not, you're so shocked by some of the stuff that comes out, not shocked in the sense that that really happens, but shocked in the sense that he proves it. Absolutely. You're you're absorbing all these things that you always thought were were happening or you had these conversations with your friends, the government's covering this up or the government's whatever. And he brings in all the world into this documentary that is so fascinating. Um, it, oh, like I'm, I'm at a loss for words when I talk about him because I love him so much. And he took a huge risk putting this out there as well. Um, you know, UFOs, everything, even Marilyn Monroe, which I still stand to date. She was murdered, but whatever. That's my oh, own absolutely. Yeah, she was murdered. There's no doubt about it. And she was yes, going to come forward, absolutely. I believe, with UFO evidence, and the Kennedys had her killed. And that's my that's my personal opinion. But you know, that's you know, I, I I truly believe that that's what happened to her. But you know, at the same time, well, it's also his opinion. He exposes that as well. Right. But at the same time, like uh, you hear Dr. Stephen Greer talking about a lot of these uh, uh, fake government type. Uh, antics where they uh, bring these UFOs out and how if there's ever a war uh, dealing with extraterrestrial beings, it's actually going to be our own aircraft, our own back-engineered aircraft that the military is going to be putting out. But interestingly enough, this was also brought up by a very prestigious person back in the day uh and i'm sure everybody knows of von braun you know from operation paperclip you know he was brought in from uh, nazi germany and he was brought in as a lead scientist for the nasa headquarters to create the the rockets which took us to the moon now von braun on his dying days uh talked about uh how the united states are going to be uh, going after third world countries, mainly for the oil. They're going to be also talking about uh, 
different types of conspiracies on uh, uh, terrorist and terrorist bombings. And he said, and the final thing that they're going to be doing is faking an attack from an extraterrestrial being uh, such as these uh, back engineered UFOs. He said, but he goes, I want you to understand that these so-called alien ufos are not alien at all they're our craft aliens are not going to attack us these are this is actually american craft that's going to be creating this uh, episode of panic now there's no way to verify that that's exactly what he said however the last person he spoke to that's what she said that he had told her so before he passed away so i mean there's some incredible stories out there and a lot of controversy and different types of uh of uh, uh, conspiracy theories that are out there dealing with a lot of this stuff. Do we believe them? Well, you know what? Maybe not just believe them, but kind of pack them away in the back of your head. And if something happens, then look back and say, well, you know what? We're right. And, and if you think about it, what he's told her, he was right about because what did we do? We went and invaded the Middle East. Uh, we got all the oil, all that kind of stuff going mm-hmm. on. Then we had the terrorist attacks. Now we got all these terroristic countries, you know, coming after us, you know, and uh, we were dealing with North Korea. We're dealing with uh, communist China. We got all this stuff happening, you know, throughout the world, you know, all these fights and people upset. And uh, you've got Iran that's all, you know, upset over a lot of these uh trade deals that went uh, went south so i mean you got all this stuff taking place so if all this is actually taking place and this is stuff that von braun talked about why wouldn't the next invasion be that of extraterrestrial craft or at least what they're going to lead us to believe are extraterrestrial craft you just don't know so i mean these are different types of theories that are out there and it's it's the same way like i tell everybody you know when we're talking about ancient samaria and ancient sumerian writings and the anunnaki and that kind of a thing if you've got this ancient people that were around six thousand years before the bible and in uh, creating these cuneiform tablets and on these tablets they show the sun they show Mercury, Venus, Earth, Mars, Jupiter, Saturn, Uranus, Neptune, and Pluto, all in their proper orbits, actually uh, circling the sun in orbit, the first thing you got to ask yourself is, one, how do they know, or how did they know that our planet circled the sun or orbit the sun? Second of all, how did they know those planets exist? You can't see them all with your naked eye. There's no way, even back then. I mean, there's no way you're going to see them. And then third of all... um, if they're right about those planets, what about that other little planet that they show in this big elliptical pattern way off and gone, which they call Nibiru, which is the planet the Anunnaki supposedly reside on? If they're right about all this stuff, are they right about that planet? So you've got to take all this stuff into consideration. And is that planet coming back around? Is all this part of the way the Earth was created? Because if they're right about all these things, and you've got to ask yourself, how were they right about all these things? The only way they could have known about all these planets and known how they circled the sun and known how they were and known how many they were and the whole works is if somebody told them or took them up there and showed them. So You should have your own radio show. so you've got you know and and so so these are just different things to think about are they all true i mean really who knows but you know what it's fascinating and it's interesting enough to keep your eyes open and watch and and try and make heads or tails on whether any of this stuff actually exists and as these things happen mark it off on the calendar you know have a little list and mark it off that happened okay that happened okay that happened and if you start getting a big old list of things that are taking place 
that are marked off, then you can pretty much bet your shorts that you're going to continue down that list and all the rest are going to take place. So you've got to watch these things, you know, and, and don't just blow them off as hogwash and that, you know, it's just all active imaginations and people are just, you know, overreacting and blowing smoke. I mean, these are things that we need to watch. These are things that we need to keep an eye on. And these are things that could possibly come true because so many of them already have. Fascinating. You know, you gave me a lot to think about and I just learned a lot. I was gonna I was going to ask you and you brought up paperclip. I was going to ask you Nostradamus because there's times where for fun I'll flip through his book and say, Holy crap, you know, there's so many synchronicities and I don't believe in coincidences. Do you have any opinions with him as well? Or do you like do you believe in his his visions as a prophet? Um, which one? I, I didn't hear who you were talking about. Nostra, Nostradamus. Uh, Nostradamus. He was the one who was always around Queen Mary of Scots. Well, Nostradamus he was, was always in. He was an incredible person as well, and he used a lot of hallucina, hallucinogenic drugs in order to uh, gather his visions. I mean, some things he's right about, other things he wasn't right about. Other things we're still trying to decipher. Yeah. But I think that any and all... Uh, of this that that's created there was an, also another lady I, I forget where she was from she was elderly and she was blind I, I I'm spacing her name off the top of my head but she was also a, a, a very inquisitive psychic and and she would be able to tell you about the different things and the different uh, wars to come and and all this other kind of stuff I mean so she talked a little bit more like what we're used to hearing so she was more understandable as far as looking at her future predictions. Nostradamus kind of talked in riddles, so it's kind of hard to make heads or tails of what he was talking about, what he saw, until after it actually happens, and he yeah. can kind of go, oh, well, that's the riddle, you know, okay, now we figured it out. Well, yeah, yeah but it's a little late, you know, but um, you know, he talked about Nazi Germany and the fall of the Jews, but he was talking in riddles. We didn't figure all that out until after all that stuff took place, and we're like, oh, well, you know, here it is right here. You know, we should have known that was coming. Well, mm -hmm. we should have, could have, would have, but of course, you know, we didn't have the capability of deciphering his uh uh, his codes or his uh, the way he spoke or the riddles that he, he brought it about. But uh, he described it as best he could at the time, I believe, with uh, uh, with his abilities. And, you know, that's all we have to go on, unfortunately. But, you know, I, I think with every falsehood, there's some truth, you know. So you got to kind of have to look around and, and, like I said, you know, walk with eyes wide open because you never know what's going to jump out in front of you. And if you're not expecting it, it's going to blindside you. If you're expecting it, at least you can prepare a little bit for what might come. You know, and if it doesn't, you know, and, and it's bad, hey, all the better. You know, we're not looking for anything bad to take place. But if it does, we can all prepare. With me, with Nostradamus, I look at it as um, it wasn't intended to assist us. It was just a lesson in to say that this is very possible. With the hallucinogenics that he takes, I mean, there's people who still do that right now, and they get together on weekends, and there's groups of it, and I've heard about it from other friends, to get to that sort of, you know, um, state. But that's not something I would do. I can't, I can't even drink a glass of wine without tripping over myself. So that's not <laughs> something I would do. But Nostradamus is, like I said, I look back at it as, just validation that this is a huge possibility. And I also feel like the Bible that was probably 
interpretation has changed many times before it went to print. I believe the original is nothing like what we're seeing on our bookshelves because that wouldn't be permitted if it was real. Absolutely not. And I'll tell you so, something yeah, else. The What was put in there was picked and chosen by mankind. It wasn't... Uh, that mm-hmm. that wasn't chosen and put together and put together by God. There was a lot that was left out, including uh, the Book of Enoch and things of that nature, which do talk about extraterrestrial yes. beings and traveling to other worlds. Yes, I just bought that on Kindle because I had printed the Book of Enoch before, and I said, when I'm ready, I'm going to read it. Now I have a lot of books that I have to read because I have a lot of guests who are authors, and I never have them on without having read their books first. It's just something I won't do, and. That was on my list. And then through a renovation, I misplaced it. So I found it in a Kindle version. And I am so excited because I'm reading passages about it. And everything's fitting in. You know, everything is really fitting in. What if aliens are angels? What if, you know, what if? There's so many ways that you can interpret that. Right. Now, the Bible. Yeah. Now, the one thing I want to bring up and, and I want everybody to understand is that even though you know, I may believe that these ancient aliens or these alien beings uh, could have been at one point in time thought of as angels or our creators. That does not mean that there is no higher God. You know, it's no. just something else. It's like a stepping stone in between. Um, it's and the and the what I, the way I tell everybody is like take Dolly the sheep. Uh, and, and if you remember Dolly the sheep, she was the first sheep that was created in a test tube. She was genetically created, right? Now, since she was mm-hmm. a test tube baby, technically, who was her gods when she was born? Who was her gods? I'm asking you. Oh, well, see, for me, God is God. You right, know? right, but, but yeah, but it who would was be the man, God? but man is ruled by God. But who was the God for Dolly the sheep? Dolly the sheep was God. created by who? For me, I still goes back to God. I know where you're getting. I know where right. you're going. Right, but what I'm saying is, is that if Dolly the sheep was created by our scientists, she was created, she was genetically yeah. created, genetically uh, mutated and what have you, and in, in, in test tube baby, the whole thing, and she was bred and, and everything by by the hand of man. When she was born, technically, we were her gods because we created her. That does not mean that there is not a higher being. It just means that we had the knowledge and, and the ability to create Dolly the sheep. So... Uh, yeah. Because of misunderstood information from back in the day, what if all these things that we considered angels are just misidentified right. as uh, these alien. alien beings? And that's those are our mm-hmm. gods. That's how all this was created. But because there's a higher God than them, I mean, it, it was something that would just continue onward and onward. Because so many passages from the ancient Sumerian people talking about uh, the fact that uh, mankind was, or that that these Anunnaki's created mankind in their image. You look at the Bible. What does the Bible say? God created us in His image. And six thousand years before that, the ancient Sumerians are saying the Anunnaki created us in their image. So you've got all these different things. You know, God spoke to Moses in, to, in order to uh, 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 lead these people. You know, and then the ancient Sumerians talk about the Anunnaki speaking to Moses, and then uh, you know 
the ark being built, you know, God told them to build the ark. Well, you know, and if you read the ancient Sumerian text 6,000 years prior to the Bible, you know, God told Noah, you build the ark, you know, that was, but they don't, they don't mention his name as Noah. They just mentioned, you know, that he was mm-hmm. this person that was one of their favorites was told to create this uh, ark in order to uh, save, you know, certain species. So you've got all these different things that take place. I mean, and if any of this is just even a little bit of it is true. Can you imagine the implications that it would have on, on uh, history and religion? To, to top it that up? would be a big one. Cause when you, when you hear God created men in his image, um, where did Neanderthals come from? Where did what? We look back, Neanderthals come from, like you can go back into history and look at people and they look, we don't look the same. No. Going way back and, from and when they no, find these and, people, like they're we're all different. Absolutely, and there's no missing link. You know, you can't. There, there's no, no link that exactly. we can find that links it together. You know, so you've got this uh, this species of Neanderthal and different species throughout the world of these different Neanderthals that were basically, uh, you know, they 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 grew and they. Uh, they evolved to, to live in these different areas in this different climates. And then, but there's no missing link from them to us. Okay. All of a sudden, boom, one day there, boom, people are here, you know, as modern day, we're all standing upright, you know, we've, we've lost all our hair, you know, so now we're having a, we're freezing to death and we got to go kill something so we can wear it skin in order to keep from freezing. So it's almost like we were thrown on this planet and we weren't prepared for it, you know, because it's not like something that's evolutionary process. And like I tell a lot of people, I was like, if evolution was true, we wouldn't have lost all our fur because we needed fur at the time to survive, you know? So if that's the case and we lost all our fur, then obviously evolution is wrong because we wouldn't have lost all our fur and then have to go kill animals to wear fur, you know? And, uh, so, I mean, it, it, you have all these different things that take place. So was there a, a genetic mutation between Neanderthals and possibly these Anunnaki beings? Uh, possibly. I mean, it makes sense. So, I mean, there's a lot of different things to think about. That is crazy. I actually got the boot from Blog Talk, but I didn't miss a beat. You're giving me so much to seriously study and think about. I learned so much from you tonight, and we're still going. Um, I want to go backtrack to paranormal just one more. Actually, you can incorporate all of your experience in this, your most profound investigation. You know, my most profound investigation really wasn't profound. And it it really wasn't an investigation at all, but it was probably the most compelling of everything that I have seen, witnessed or felt, you know, involving the paranormal and involving uh, spirituality, that kind of a thing. And and I'm going to bring back bring you back up to the point that a lot of people believe in spirit animals, correct? or that you have a spirit mm-hmm. guide, which is an animal. Uh, all my life I've been told that I had this spirit wolf that was a part of me, that would, that was uh, basically my inner being, the, the, very, the very heart and soul of my creation. And we were, at, we were one night going out showing a new couple. It was husband and wife, how to collect EVPs. And it was, we were just, it was a fun night. You know, we were just out having a good time. Uh, wasn't anything big. I mean, we took a couple of recorders with us and, you know, we headed out to this one uh, cemetery, which is known for, you know, we would 
be able to collect EVPs there on certain nights and other nights, not so much, but it, we had a good ratio as far as catching EVPs. And one of the things that would happen out there is we would hear a lady scream every so often. You'd hear this blood curdling scream from across the cemetery and it's out in the middle of nowhere. So, I mean, it's not like people hang out there or just go over there just to pass the time. And, uh, it's very weeded and it was thick with brush and mesquites and large thorns and cactus and, you know, all this stuff. So, I mean, it's not something to go just, uh, you know, pedaling around at night, you know, walking through the whole place, you know, you know, just, trampling over whatever because you're going to get hurt well we were there talking to him one night and i was telling him about this scream when all of a sudden the scream happened but this time it wasn't all the way across the the graveyard it was within 50 yards of us and myself and dan lefave uh we took off in the direction where we heard the scream because we were trying to get a better uh perspective of what's going on with this thing and when we we were basically trying to get through all the thickets and stickers and everything else and all of a sudden the scream came from way across on the other side of the the cemetery so we're like there's no way this thing could go from one end to the other you know i mean come on well the people i think they uh they had had enough everybody was kind of freaked out over the scream and the in the proximity of which it took place which is really close and so they were done they were like okay well we're we're good we don't need to do any more evp work let's you know let's leave you know we're we've had fun that's all fun and uh, you know all, all good and all but we we've got to go so we started leading them out of the cemetery you know we were talking about how cool that was that we were actually able to hear it so close and i all of a sudden i saw and i heard i saw these weeds moving through the moonlight and i and i heard the movement coming through the grass it was like four foot tall grass on both sides of us and one area that we were walking on which was mowed down to about an inch about the the width of a car and uh, so we were walking so i had everybody stop and right out in front of us it comes out of this out of the this tall grass was this wolf and I was like, um, that's a, a wolf. And we're shining our flashlights on this thing. And he was huge. I mean, monstrous size. I mean, gorgeous. He was absolutely beautiful. beautiful. And yeah. I was like, wow. I was <laughs> like, you know, that's awesome. But I started thinking, I said, we don't have any wolves over here in this part of Texas. Uh, you know, we have coyotes. You know, we don't we don't have wolves. So my, my next thought was that that had to have been somebody's pet that escaped. So I'm calling this thing, trying to get it to come up to me, and I'm approaching it slowly. And uh, it never turned to look at me. It never looked at me, never once turned its head. It just focused on the other side of that trail that we were on, and it just walked across and back into the high weeds. So I followed it, and I'm looking for it. Couldn't find it, couldn't find it. So I was like, well, that was cool. At least we saw that. That was pretty, that was pretty awesome. So we're walking down this trail again, heading back for the cars, and all of a sudden, I feel something bump me on my left side, and I looked down, and this wolf was right next to me. And I put my hand down, and I rubbed it from its head across its shoulders, crossed its back, and around its haunches, and down its tail. And it kind of went past me slowly, but, you know, it was a little bit faster than our walk, you know, so it kind of, you know, just got a little bit distance ahead of us. And uh, we're all shining our lights on it, and we're like, wow, that thing's beautiful. I mean, I can't believe I got to touch it. And it got up onto yeah, no the, it got up on this gravel road, and when it got onto the gravel road, we all stopped and we kept our lights on it, and it was turned sideways to us, and it just kept looking the same direction it was looking when it crossed the trail the first time, but it never would turn and look at us, never would turn and look at us, 
And the next thing you know, I don't know if you've ever had a television and turned it to a UHF station and you see all the snow on the television. You know what yeah. I'm talking about? Yeah. Well, you know, like You're there's really no, there's, there's, can you stop? <laughs> yeah, there's no, there's <laughs> no signal. Stop? Well, it just, he, it, this thing just dematerialized into like that snow and just vanished right before no. our very eyes with the flashlights on it. I was so stunned. I could not believe what I just seen. And I told everybody, don't say a word. Don't say a word. One at a time. Come to me and tell me what you saw one at a time. Nobody talk about it. Nobody say anything. And because, I mean, I was. Yeah, I, that's I was, the cop in you. Yeah, I was yeah. at a loss for words, you know, and I was like, what did you see? Every single person that was there, and there was probably about five or six of us, saw the same thing. None of us had a camera, but we all had recorders, and we did get one recording of our, I guess you could say our freak out when we saw it happen, and we're like, oh, wow, you know, and, you know, it was it was just incredible. It was the most incredible experience I've ever had, and it was something that I will never forget and something I will always cherish because this is something that if I didn't experience it and I didn't have the backup to say that they saw the same thing I did, I would not believe what I saw to this day. But it get, the story gets a little bit better. You ready for this? Wow. I'm, I'm like still at a loss for words over what you just told me because I love wolves, so well, that must have been one oh, yeah, but crazy like I, But like experience. I said, it, it gets better. You ready for this? Okay. The next yeah. the next day I was at my house and I was pulling weeds in my front yard, no less. You know, I was working in the yard and I had the garage door open and my truck was parked out there and all of a sudden I looked up and my dad had pulled up and he goes, Hey, what are you doing? I was like, Oh, just pulling weeds, blah, 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 blah. And he goes, Hey, look at this. And I turned around and going through my yard was that same exact wolf from the night before. And I was like and I was like, That's that's the wolf from last night. And dad has said, what? I said, that's, I said, never mind." And I jumped up and I went after this thing and I saw it turn and go toward my garage. And I went in my garage. There was nothing there. Looked in between uh, underneath the truck, all around the truck, nothing there. Ran inside, nothing inside. Ran down the block, couldn't find anything down the block. I looked all over for this thing and it was just gone. And then, uh, I called, I called, I called our psychic and I was like, you're never going to believe what happened. And she said, you saw your wolf. And I was like, yeah. I was like, I did. I was like, how'd you know? She said, she said, I knew he would come back for you. He was just making sure everything was good and showing himself to you so that you would believe what you saw. And I was like, that's incredible. I, oh, I, I just thought that was really cool. I was cool. just going to ask you, what did you make out of this? I know that you and your, you know, you had a group of people who saw that, but what were you feeling the whole time? When you were looking at this deep down inside, were you uh, thinking this must be no, my spirit was, animal when it just no, disappeared into nowhere? It never crossed my that? mind. It never crossed my mind. All that crossed my wow. mind was how amazing it was to see this beautiful animal right there in front of me. And I honestly think looking back upon it is that whatever it was that made that screaming noise and whatever that's there in, within that cemetery was something that was probably bad and that wolf was probably leading us out and getting us away from whatever it was that was there fabulous i've never spoken to anyone who's had an experience like that you're truly unique there i'm i've never ever in all of the interviews that i've done and i've been on for six years yeah so, so that is incredible yeah like you're I said, an amazing storyteller is that why yeah <laughs> 
You're an amazing storyteller. You must have the attention of a lot of people when you're in a room because you're so good at telling stories. And I love you on your show. I, I oh, thank it, you. You're always informative. You're always so amazing with your guests. And um, I want to, uh, this is like going nowhere. I have notes for tonight that are all over the place because there's so much knowledge in you. Like, I, I just want to, I want to have you on again because there's so much. Um Conspiracy theories. I wanted to know your theory on this, having worked both, you know, law enforcement and military. Um, obviously, watching unacknowledged, we we can give a lot of credit and understand that conspiracy theories are happening. What is your the one that sticks with you the most that you can't believe hasn't been proven yet? Is there one? Um. That's a big question. Yeah. I don't, well, you know, I, I would, in some ways I would have to say the UFO theory, but in other ways, I think that's already been proven. I think, uh, yeah, I think that's, that's, that's been proven and a majority of the people already believe that these things are out there. And I don't think it would surprise anybody if one landed in the front lawn of the white house and said, Hey, we're here to check you guys out. You know, hello, how are you doing? You know, so I don't think mm -hmm. that kind of a thing would surprise anybody. I, I think the only, no, I, I think a, uh, the only conspiracy theory that we have left to really prove or disprove would be, uh, what Von Braun talked about as far as, uh, some of the, uh, back engineered craft uh, showing up to attack uh, the citizens in order to create a global unity. Uh, and, I, and I'm not saying a global unity in a good way. Uh, I'm taking it to where uh, this, uh, this global unity would create a one world government, which I think would be very, very bad for everybody. Cause uh, I think, it, I think yeah. that's a, uh, that's a that's a big that's one of the big nasties if you follow me and uh i think yeah. by something like that taking place and people falling into this uh mass hysteria uh new religious outlooks because of these things uh the the control factor that the government would have over the people would be just incredible and it, i i think it would be bad all the way around but i think that would be the only one that i i think uh would actually you know that's that's actually out there and one that would really cause some serious damage to uh the united states our economic uh development uh the people in general the safety and well-being of everybody and the unity that we uh that we all share and uh i know the unity hadn't been great but it, i think it could get a lot worse if we're not careful so i think that we all really should learn to uh to to love each other more be uh, and, and, t and help each other more, especially in areas like this to where uh, we can all be together and, and work as a team, per se, and be able to come up with the answers that we, that we need and what we're looking for and be prepared for the, you know, the unseen or, you know, be prepared for things that, that, that are going to happen that uh, we don't know yet. You know, in other words, don't be blindsided. Wow, well said. You you are amazing, Eddie. I you gave us a lot to think about and a lot to um, focus on and, and research because I agree with you on that one. 
things can only get worse. We're living in a me generation, which is just um, uh, oblivious to anything that's going on around them because they're constantly in their phones and in their lives and their agendas and their children's agendas are busier than theirs. And we're, we're missing that humanity, that side of us. And I believe 110% with the sharing of information with paranormal unity, I think it's extremely important. I think the ego needs to disappear uh, or we're going to end up causing more harm to ourselves than good. Absolutely. You know, there we've is got, no, you know, yeah, there, there is no I in this field. No, it, and, it really is a group effort. You know, we have, and we have our it, children, it's our families. We all live in different places. Sorry. No, I'm serious. I, I was just saying we all have our, our children and our families and things of that nature. You know, what kind yeah. of a world are we going to leave for them? You know, you, and you have to think about that, you know. And uh, what are, what yeah. are we going to leave behind? What what have we done to make this world better? And I think that if we all ask ourselves that question, what have we done to create to make this world better? If you can't answer that, then you know it may be some it may be time to do some soul searching, and uh, really dig into uh, yeah. your own spirituality and and what you can do to create a better place. I I always try to look for. I always look at, I'm a perspective person, and it took me years to become that way from a lot of losses in my life. And I always try to find the good in everything. Even in the Internet, I find the good. If we didn't have the Internet, we wouldn't be having this conversation. People wouldn't be hearing us. You know, they wouldn't know. A lot of information would go away. But in the same respect, there's so much bad to this side as well. There's so much darkness to this. So... Balances everything, perspective. Um, only put out information that you know is credible. Uh, please stop. I have a problem when people attack other paranormal people. Um, just leave it alone. If you don't agree with something, leave it alone or try to find a better way to work with them. Because with all of us being all over the place, whether you're in the U.S. or you're in Europe or in the U.K. or in Canada... Collectively, when you bring that information together, there's a lot of similarities. So it's really important to have that discussion. We should have a paracon, like an international I, I agree. You know, and, and you don't have to agree with everything everybody says. Understand everybody's an individual. No. Everybody thinks a certain way. And even whether you agree or disagree with what they think, you know, at least allow them the ability to express their opinion. And you might learn something that you weren't planning on learning. You know, it, it, there's always a little bit of information that's true uh, that could possibly be something that could help us, you know, in bettering ourselves and bettering our investigative skills and bettering our outlook toward things and working together as a team, whether we believe or not, each other's opinions matter. And I think that we should continue working in that sense to where we all work together as one team as a and, and be united, no matter where you're at. Like you said, whether you're we're here in the United States, whether you're in Canada, whether you're in the UK, whether you're in Germany, it doesn't really yeah. matter. The whole point of, uh, of it is, is that we all work together. We share what we have. We try and come to an understanding. We try and come to uh, to an, an area where we can share our abilities and our knowledge and we try and uh, work together in a way to make this field uh, a lot more than what it is at this point in time. Yeah, I agree with you. That is incredible. I, 
It's it's so important because I'm I'm seeing so much bashing out there and it, it's just ridiculous and it's like anything when you have a job you don't get along with everyone but you respect each other to get the the job done and Absolutely. that needs to be implemented here as well. It doesn't mean you ha- like Eddie said you don't have to believe everything or have the same opinions as other people but the respect has to be there and you have to listen because that's how you learn. You don't learn by talking all the time. You learn by listening. And that's how you learn things, and that's how you, you pick and choose and piece together and puzzle information that maybe Eddie has a bit that he's collected or I have or someone has in the UK, like we said, and we bring it together, and all of a sudden this puzzle is clear. I feel like that's what's happening in the world right now, yeah, that and- everybody's getting bits and pieces of information that we're supposed to get. It's almost like predestined kind of thing. Um I love that on your conspiracy theory. I have a few that I still want cleared up. <laughs> That's <laughs> a whole other show. Um, I want to know, because we're nearing the end of the show, how you started Paranormal Analytical and when your your show airs and how people can contact you. Absolutely. Uh, Paranormal Analytical, it's kind of a, a fun show. We try and make it kind of humorous. Uh, we'll joke and laugh we'll bring up paranormal topics and sometimes we'll have different guests on and sometimes it'll be just us fools you know sitting there laughing and carrying on about something paranormal and maybe arguing a point or a topic i mean it's just it's a lot of fun and we do this every thursday night and uh it's at 7 p.m central time and uh and you can find us on paranormal analytical on facebook and that's where we go live and we'll do it there you can also find uh, a lot of the podcasts that we do on uh, apple itunes so uh I mean, you can find a lot of the stuff there as well. So, I mean, we're we're kind of all over the place. We uh, we do our best to try and entertain, you know, and, and we'll bring, like I said, we'll answer questions, you know, within the the, the chat box and that kind of a deal. So we, we have a lot of fun with it. Uh, if you want to reach me, you can reach yeah, me. Yeah, you're at, really good at it. Oh, thank you. If you want to reach me, you can reach me at eddie at alienwolfproductions.com. Eddie at AlienWolfProductions.com. I also like to give a shout out to uh, Miguel Cantu with Alter Vision Studios. He's our director and producer of the show and of all the stuff that we do. He kind of directs and produces everything for us, uh, whether it's uh, paranormal uh, type topics that we're doing or whether it's uh, horror movies or science fiction, whatever the case may be. I mean, he's he's in- incredibly talented. Uh, he also has workshops and things of that nature for uh, creating uh, all your horror masks and that kind of a thing. So, I mean, he, he's a great guy, uh, Miguel Cantu. And then we also have... Uh, Rene uh, Rodriguez, he's our mad scientist of the group. Mm-hmm. He's the one that kind of creates the different <laughs> types of uh, equipment and things that we use while we're out on investigations. And then we have Patrick Newcomb, who is our yeah. uh, medic out in the field, but it seems like he's the one that always gets hurt. So, you know, he's kind of, you know, SOL in that <laughs> fact. because always the way. Yeah, because yeah, he, he gets hurt and we don't know how to fix Poor him. Guy. So we're like, I'm oh, sorry, dude, you're, you're going to have to just bleed a while. <laughs> you know, so... Um, you have to bring a medic for the medic. <laughs> yeah, so we have a lot of fun yeah. with him. And, and not only that, but we always put him in the most uh, outlandish places. You know, we made him uh, we made him stay inside of a 200-year-old hearse one time just for fun. Because if something's oh. going to happen, it's going to happen to him. And uh, so we have a lot of fun with that. And then we have... Uh, 
<laughs> also, we have Alex Arredondo, who is uh, he's our uh, sound expert. He does a lot of the work with the EVPs and also your uh, voice boxes and things like that, like what you were using the other night. He's uh, he does yeah. a lot of work with that. Yeah. And uh, then we have uh, uh, Philip Glass. He's he's also an active duty police officer at this time, and he's one of our uh, investigators. So we we have a, a great group, and uh, and we have Christine Greyhawk, who is our psychic of the team. And uh, so we, we have we have a yeah. very diverse group of people. She's you great. Know, you know. Yeah, you have a great team. You all work very well together, and, and um, you can see the passion amongst all of you. It's really really cool to watch. I loved watching the video clips on YouTube yesterday. I was just going off. You'll probably see Amelia like 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 <laughs> going one after the other. Um, I'm going to ask you some off the off the you know not the educational part but more the fun part what's your do you have a favorite horror film to watch or do you even watch them besides creating them um you know god i'm gonna i'm gonna show my age on this one i know it but uh <laughs> you've been doing it all night eddie thank you have i really uh, so, like, well yeah i have us all night talking about boom boxes and stuff now i have to say you know my my some yeah. of my favorite horror movies is uh you know or some of the more uh comical ones you know where uh uh the werewolf meets frankenstein and abbott and costello <laughs> and some of those old black yeah. and whites i love i absolutely love those i don't know why i just do but uh van stoker's dracula i mean that that's uh that that one is just it's a phenomenal film that was put together I, I think they did a great job on it and working in the in the horror industry as well i mean you you see some of the things that they were able to do uh during that time and they were yeah. just the the amount of uh of energy and detail that they put into their vampires was just awesome you know so yeah, I, I think oh, that one would have beautiful. to be beautiful it's a beautiful piece yeah it actually is a piece of Art. It's yeah, very well done, and he was very strange. So, I, I follow some of his quotes. I have some of them, and they're creepy, but they're so true. And to like, they're dark, but I don't know. I find him the opposite of Oscar Wilde. Very true and honest about himself, but very dark. Where Oscar Wilde was always honest but light. You know, it, right. it takes a, a special kind of person to be able to do that. Yep, I agree. And be honest about themselves. I agree. Yeah, I really, really love his work. But yeah, I mean, um, that's... Mine, I, see, mine isn't even a horror film. I loved Exorcism of Emily Rose, because then I go back to the law part, the the courtroom and, you know, the logistics of it. Like, I go back to that part of it rather than the horror side, because nothing really... A lot of people watch horror films because they want they want to be frightened. These things don't scare me. I get startled easy. You could say boo from behind me, and I don't feel you coming up, and you come up stealth, and I will jump out of my skin. But yet, <laughs> you can have, I can talk to dead people, and it doesn't freak me out. You know, I'm not frightened easily, but I'm startled easily. So I love stories that always have some truth to them. Yeah, and you For know, me, it's always the greatest, like the entity. I don't know if you've ever seen the entity. Yeah, I have. I've seen it. Okay. If they remade that now, wouldn't it be phenomenal? Oh, yeah. Absolutely. They'd have so much more freedom with it. I think they'd be able to go in and really take those tapes out of the university and 
put together more information from that case file now that so many years have passed. I think they, in the right hands, that film would be done so well to tell her story because it does happen. I agree. I think it would. And, 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 it, and there's yeah, so... And there's so many out there, you know, and, and it's kind of sad, though. I mean, I don't get scared by any movies anymore like I used to when I was younger. But, no. you know, I, uh, you know, I, I, I want to to try and find something that scares me. But, you know, after dealing in the paranormal for so, so many years, you know, pretty much all my life and then also uh, being involved in a lot of the horror movies and, and uh, I write a lot of the the scripts and things of that nature for the different things that we do. Yeah. So, I mean, it, it's, it's, I, I see these movies and I, and I see so much more than just the movie. You know, I see how they do the things. I see where they do the cuts. I see how the actors are working. You know, I, I, I see a lot more of the movie than what, you know, most people see. The broad because, scope of it. Yeah. Because I mean, yeah, I'm used to dealing with it. production and makeup and, mm-hmm. and lighting and, the the motion of everything i understand that you're an amazing storyteller so it doesn't surprise me that you write scripts your your storytelling is i like you're probably the best person to be across the campfire with (laughs) yeah i'll i'll I'll, I'll make everybody loves you you i'll make people jump keep them all shivery (laughs) (laughs) yeah demons scare the crap out of me that i'm not gonna lie Worked cases with them as when well. When I was with um, Michelle on Saturday, I, she was playing these voices, and I can tell you the hair stood on end for me, and I just had like what I call the heebie-jeebies. I just that's one thing I have the most difficulty with. Uh, I've had an experience a long time ago, and I busted out of that field so fast it wasn't funny. Um, I have a lot of fear with them. And I know that they'd be able to get to me because I wouldn't be strong-minded enough to fight it because of my fear. Right. And you can't have fear when you're dealing with those. You can have the respect, but you can't have that fear. No. And I learned that from her as well. You know, I said to Michelle, what do you do? And she said, it's all in your mind. You have to stay strong. And I said, that's why I don't do what you do. Because I can't. I have an interest. And do I want to know more about it? Yes, I do. Do I want to help someone? No. Because, I mean, I'd love to help them, but I'd be the wrong person there. Because I'd be just as frightened as they are. Well, you can make a situation even you know, worse if you're not careful. Worse. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's scary. It's scary. Now, I don't know if that is Hollywood playing on me or just the sound of it. It really, really frightens me. You know, I'll stick to the work that I do. <laughs> I don't think I can... Yeah, it's, it's, it's like I tell everybody, stick with, because I call them spiritual warriors. They're amazing. Yeah, I tell everybody, stick with what you know. And if you can do something well, keep doing it. Keep doing the same thing, right? Don't, don't take on six things. No, if you do something, if you, if you do something well, let's focus on one here. Right. If you do so, something well, yeah. stay with it. You can it. be a master at, uh, you can be great at everything and a master at nothing. Correct. So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. It's been such a pleasure. I've been a little stuttery because I've, I've, I'm starstruck with you, not going to lie. And that doesn't happen often. I think it's the voice, ladies, if you're listening. I think you'll agree <laughs> with me. I'm going to get all kinds of emails about how you sound. You're going to have, like, a bigger audience your next show this Thursday because they're all going to be women listening. <laughs> yeah, we're going to – we'll end up um, having a late show so late at night. Thank you so much for – 
Pardon? So we'll end up having a late show one night and play all these love songs. <laughs> See, he's killing me. He do, really do, is killing do me. Some, do Anyways, some Barry White. Because it's that voice. Like, seriously. <laughs> okay, enough, enough. Uh, Doc, if you're listening, can you edit that part? He's probably laughing listening right now. Can you edit that? Because I sound like a fool. Like a total fool here. Okay. Anyways, let's start from the top because then he can cut that out. <laughs> I just want to thank you again. <laughs> I've learned so much tonight. I hope that I can have you on again. This is new for me, Obsidian Radio. I'm always launching shows, but I'm trying to find a niche that I really like. And uh, I do a lot of criminology. Maybe I'll have to have you on and talk shop. Yeah, as a matter of fact, I just finished some classes that here. That would be interesting. Would you love to to be in, you know, like on a panel and discuss? Sometimes I, yeah, I will a, do like a serial killer and yeah, pull that out. I, as a matter of fact, just I, just finished, I just finished some classes on uh, sexual assaults and uh, uh, sexual assault to childs wow. and different things like that. I, I went back and, and did some classes on that. Uh, I'll be pinning a badge back on here before too long for a little while, so I'll be doing that once again and uh, coming out, kind of coming out of retirement for a while. So I'll be doing that. And uh, so I, I took, I, I did a lot of refresher like courses. So important. Yeah, I did a lot of refresher courses and stuff, and uh, so that's actually some of the topics that we uh, discussed on some of these uh, courses I just finished up a couple of weeks ago. So, yeah, yeah, I mean, anytime you have a show dealing with law enforcement or Great. missing persons or uh, child abuse or uh, family violence or anything it's like that, always, I'd be happy to be on I just there. did a huge human trafficking one from Seattle. Yeah. So Yeah, a, I, yeah a huge. I do it, and Steve will be on as well. Like, we'll bring you on with Steve. It's, um, I love doing shows like that. I love uh, delving into the minds of serial killers, and people laugh at me. But you don't want to talk to demons. Like, no. But it is kind of similar in some ways, but there's a psychology to it as well, and then there's the legal side, and there's just it makes for a very interesting conversation. Absolutely. Um, when it comes to law and psychology, so it'd be interesting. Thank you so much for that. And again, when can people find you Thursday nights? Yeah, Thursday just nights at seven. That. Yeah, Thursday nights at seven p.m. Central, and uh, you know you can look for us on Paranormal Analytical on Facebook. You know, feel free to jump in, join in. Uh, sometimes I'll put out a call-in number, and you can call in with questions or whatever, and uh, we can do that as well too. So uh, that's that's why I'm so chatty, though. I'm used to being the the chatty one on the radio. So <laughs> I love that though. That's what makes it easy when you have a host on as a guest. It makes it easier for you. Uh, you're not pulling. There's nothing worse than when you're trying to pull teeth out of a guest. There's nothing. Well, you <laughs> it's know, like the pulling teeth. Sorry, like you're trying to get an answer, and there's like, yeah, I done that. I was like, Ken's really good when you have him on air. But there's some people like Chief Kowski, phenomenal on air. We'll talk and talk. People who are used to speaking are always incredible guests. No, you were such a joy and such a pleasure, and it was an well, honor you. to have you on the first broadcast here with Obsidian. Thank you so much. Thank you so you much. You go back out there with that badge. You stay safe, okay, yeah, for your definitely. family and your and, friends. And thank you so much for having me on here. It was an honor and a pleasure, and I, I truly appreciate it, and I'm humbled you know, by you to that, you know, all the kind Aww. words that you said. And uh, I look forward to being on again with you. And uh, maybe also in a law enforcement capacity, we can talk about some other things. But yeah, I mean, it's great. And I'm always up to talking about the paranormal. So uh, please, anytime, you know, you'd like to come on our show, you're more than welcome. Just hit me up and let me know when you're available or if you're available on a Thursday. 
anytime. That'll be a lot of fun. We might have to bring you over to this side and co-host with me. <laughs> <laughs> I can do that, too. <laughs> I promise I won't talk. I'll just listen. <laughs> <laughs> I can do that as well. Okay, perfect. You have a good night, and thank you, everybody out there, for listening and tuning in and supporting Eddie Hill and uh, Paranormal Analytical. Please look them up on Facebook. Uh, we have other shows going on in the Pisano Productions. Cyber Society is coming back soon. Talk is Cheap is going to be coming in with a three-part series on criminal profiling, child molestation, pedophiles, and so on. All the exciting, creepy stuff that I deal with. Um, and we've also got Lori Johnson from Ghost of Shepherdstown. We work together sometimes on Tuesdays. Monday night, we're going to have the military medium. Do you know him, Eddie? Do you McMurray? No, I do not. He's coming on air on Monday. He contacted me, and I was just so shocked. Military medium. I love his name, so I can't wait to talk to him. And he'll be on with Lori and I on Monday. So everyone have a great week, and don't forget to catch Eddie this Thursday night on Facebook. You guys have a great night, and stay safe. Thank you, Eddie, so much. You have a good night. Thank you, and thank you, everybody. Appreciate you all listening. Take care, and uh, be safe out there, and we shall talk to you all soon. Good night.